0: The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Luddington, and we are continuing our series called Stories of Faith. If you joined us last time, you heard part one of Rob Spencer's story. He had a tragic accident. He was run into, flipped his, Jeep flipped over, did 360s, flipped in the air, landed literally on him, on his neck and his head, causing him, obviously, to be to be hospitalized and have lots of physical injuries. But the one we've been spending time talking about is the fact that it caused him to lose all of his memory. He was roughly 23, 24 years old, married to his wife, Casey, and remembered no one or anything. He was in the hospital and uh, basically said, hey, I remember now, everything's okay, and went home and began to live this lie. Live this life saying he knew, but he didn't. And we're going to pick up there today. And so, Rob, thank you for joining me again. I'm glad you're here. Yep. Pick up in that moment. So you're now at home. Casey thinks you remember. You've told everybody else. But it is starting to create this place in your life that is dark and alone. And I assume, you know, depressed and hopeless. I mean, at moments. And so... At some point, obviously, you begin to make changes. So catch us up right there.
1: Sure. So a couple of things I want to hit on, first of all, is that um, coming out of an accident, uh, I God's presence was matter of factish, so to speak. Uh, I, I didn't talk about this last time, but I didn't have to be introduced to God. Okay. He just existed. Okay. Right? And maybe not stereotypically how we viewed him in society today but on a different level it was just very matter of fact that there was a God and it was the God of the Bible first of all and 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 it just it is truth
0: okay so you in this moment with no memory do believe in God
1: I do believe in God okay cool yeah it's it's very uh it was to me so like when when I hear these stories about all this and this and this happened I think um how, first of all, I think is how do how do people get so far away that that's not matter of factish. Hmm. But what it tells me is that in society, we live in a society that creates that suppresses that God. Okay. We create an environment that stifles God so much that we don't even identify him. Okay. But he exists. When when a man wakes up knowing nothing it's very matter of factish. Sure. Right. When a man wakes up knowing nothing that man created, it's very matter of factish. So I think it's important to say that. But then the other thing is you say uh, he went on to live this uh, lie. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, it has a sense of like, I, I chose to, to defy truth. Okay. on a conscious level. And it was like, it's almost like I thought I was doing the right sure. thing. I thought I was doing what's best, you know, and it wasn't like this malicious thing. So like, it wasn't a cause and effect like oh well of course if you do if you put your hand in a, over a flame it's going to burn right? right it wasn't that black and white at that point even though sure that
0: makes sense my whole world was very black and white you were the way i said it was you kind of you were faking it right and yeah. then, so you're going through this life where and and i think maybe the the more accurate way i could say it from hearing it is you have not admitted still that you have no memories before right. the accident And so you're living as if you remember your wife, you remember how to go to work and where you live and all that, but the only reason you know those things is because you've been told them now.
1: Yep, so I'm at home and I'm on the couch and I'm healing up, Okay. right? And uh, these days come and go and it's the same deal, I'm just healing up, right? right? But there's a very distinct moment that changed the course of my life when it comes to behavior. And uh, I, was sitting, I was sitting there watching TV, and, uh, and the remote control was on the coffee table, and uh, I wanted to change the channel. So I thought that I would take the pillow from behind my head, reach out in front of me on top of the remote control, and just pull the remote control to me so I don't have to get up. Okay. At some point, everybody's done it or something like For that. Sure.
0: Trust me. And probably have done this too. So Before you have kids that you can send to get the remote.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so what happened though is I took that pillow and I reached out and I, hit, and I put it on top of the remote control, but I also knocked my drink off the coffee table. And now I have to get up and go get a towel and some cleaner and clean that up off the carpet, right? So as I'm doing that, it hit me black and white like, okay. I I tried to take the, the easy way out of doing this. And it's causing me like like 100 times more effort here. Why didn't I just lean up and get the remote? We've all had those moments. Sure, of course. So that tells me this. I will never
0: try to take the easy way out of something again. So no shortcuts. So here's no shortcuts. Here's what I think people, especially if you haven't heard part one of this, you should go back and listen to it and then listen to this. But if you're still listening, here's what I would say. When you have no memories of anything, you, you've also lost your life lessons. And so you don't have a framework for, hey, the shortcut actually doesn't work out right. well. So you're learning key character pieces, life lessons. You're learning them as you heal up because right. you have nothing. Right. Now think of this. Think of the people that, first of all, have those
1: life lessons and still do that with remote. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sure. So anyways, when every, every fiber of your being is influenced from day one on in life, right from friendships, relationships, from foods, from, from experiences with your family, with all of that defines who you are as a person. So I wake up as a functioning man with no connection, with no reason why. So I have to rediscover these things, and I rediscover them as I go through life and encounter them, just like you did when you were young. Sure. So a, a couple of potentials are that the cause and effect is much greater as an adult than it would be when you were five doing something yeah. stupid, right? Yeah. So anyway, so I do that. I'm cleaning up. and, and So right then and there, I decided, okay, no easy way else for me. I am going to do things the right way. I'm not going to do them, Right. And obviously, you know, I'm imperfect. Those That comes sure. and goes. But I live my life by
0: doing the right thing. So this is going to take you into what I'm going to call your first effort at heal, at putting your life back together. So I don't want to say healing because I don't want to think of the physical healing. So yep. you get through your physical healing, but your brain has never, all those memories are still gone today. So your brain has never recovered from that. So you're going to go back out into the world. So your first effort at living the rest of your life. Tell me about that. So
1: that was it, right? So as I go through it, the the second very distinct thing is uh, I I put it like this. I I put it in a universal principle kind of way that nothing has ever fallen to the ceiling. Right. Right. So when I knock that cup off, if I knock it off now or if I knock it off in 100 years from now, it will have always fallen to the floor. Sure. Right? So I can bank on that. You know there are true things about this world. So there world. are true, right. there are physical truths about this world. Okay. So if in my life, as I come across the chaos of my own brain, if I can choose never to take the easy way out, learn these universal truths, and be disciplined enough to act them out, I now can live a functioning, normal life without the baggage of not remembering and all that kind of stuff. Right. I could, I can choose to do what's right. Whether my, my reality is telling me that's the truth or not. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. There's only truth. Right. So, but there's interpretation of truth,
0: but they're universal laws like gravity. Like you said, it always fall down. Right. I got you. Yeah.
1: Okay. So they're also mental and spiritual universal. Absolutely.
0: Right. Like you said, you woke up. And so I've heard two things. You, you come back from this accident and there is this belief, this, this you can bank on there's a God, and then you can also bank on there are universal truths that I can count on. And here's what you said, you, if I try hard, stay disciplined. And so in Christianity, what we call that is moralism. Try hard, be disciplined, and that can be a very—and and so kind of a side note. You are one of the most disciplined people I know. And so for us mere mortals, us normal human beings that aren't as disciplined, what happens is we become super frustrated because we fall short. So we try hard, and then we fail. We sin, then we feel guilty, we feel shameful, and then we separate, we distance from God, and then things get worse, so we try hard again. So it's this cyclical ugliness. So your discipline kicks in. How did that work out?
1: So talking about how like that struggle and that fall and that is a sickliness and all that stuff uh, this is for another show or another sure. time but that ha- very much has to do with the way that we bring up people that is a man-made problem sure so our domestication process from birth is what causes that kind of stuff right because i was a grown man and i chose to do wrong as my first decision, sure. right, and I didn't have that more. I didn't have that guilt, and I didn't have that, and I didn't have it not not necessarily because I didn't know it wasn't right. I didn't have it because I didn't have any life experience that right. made me feel a certain way. Now times that with the neurological tracks sure. of my logical and emotional brain actually being destroyed in that accident, um, and that's what that's why I don't have those same kind of feelings, right? That same right. kind of emotional
0: connection. So we've identified a spiritual truth that we're broken inside no matter what yeah. we do, right? Yeah. But you're going to try and put your life back together with discipline and what can I prove is true and bank on. Take me from there. Okay, so from that stage, uh, life moves
1: forward. Okay, right? My, my, Believe it or not, my jaw is still wired shut at that <laughs> time. And it, it was wired shut for months and months and months. And, uh, and during that time, I used it to basically define the rules that I'm going to live life by, right? In my own weird way of processing and trying to come to sense of all this nonsense. Uh, this is what I did with this time. So I'm going to choose to do what's right. Right. And I'm going to control the things that I can control around me my three feet, my five feet around me. Whenever anything goes crazy, I'm going to live in that moment and not a week from now, a month from now. Right. These are things that I learned early on that, that in high, looking back are very biblical we're supposed to live today sure. you know we're supposed to you know anyways so i go through a series of actions of trying to go back to my job and not being able to do that right, right. i tried my supervisor is like hey you know uh, i actually kind of said hey you know i'm having a hard time here he goes i remember <laughs> basically saying you know and mind you this is quality control for vehicles that are going to be on the road in people's <laughs> hands but his, his answer was, I mean, go try to figure it out for the right. next few weeks and hopefully, it, you know, but I can never figure it out. So that comes to an end. That, so I had to quit, right. basically, because I can't pl- live like this forever. I don't even know what I'm doing. Great paycheck, but, you know. Right. So at that point, I, I come up with my next intersection of big lies, right? Okay. And I tell my wife, I've always wanted to open a martial arts school, right? Okay. And really, honestly, I didn't have a desire to open up martial, well, martial arts school. You I didn't could, even know what I, you
0: had always wanted, right?
1: I, I couldn't do anything, right. is the problem, but I had muscle memory.
0: Okay.
1: And I was pretty coordinated, pretty athletic. So I, and I knew before the accident, I did some martial arts stuff. Right. So um, I could fight. And right. So that began that. I threw myself into the study of universal truth at that point. Right. And I studied displacement and leverage and balance. And all of that, all of those things that, that I can teach myself to become a better practitioner of fighting, of execution, controlling my own body more like. Right. And, and that's when I learned that, well, okay, there's also spiritual truths. There's also emotional truths. Okay. And they all work together, right? Okay. So that's, what that, that's my first point of really defining who I am as a man. When I decided to do that, and I went down that avenue, I could always stay physically disciplined, but I was very, very much an empty shell up to that point.
0: Okay. So you get, I know that you have success in that business. You go from one martial arts school to two. I know that that introduces you to people that takes you to a next vocation. Uh, but take me a, all the way through all of that. So you have let's say some outward success Uh, in fact i would say this you had lots of outward success like you were successful in those arenas but take me to that place where all of that comes crashing down so leading up to that point um i believed that
1: again this is all looking back right in the moment i believe that i was just trying to do what's right i so i would try to help everybody and Mm -hmm. fix everything and and I was very good at it, right? very good at it, right. very good at finding the loss, very good at, at getting people where they want to go uh, before they even know they want to go there. I, through martial arts, through my other stuff as well. Right. Very, very, um, very skilled as a strategist and all that kind of thing. But I didn't have it for myself. Okay. But I didn't know that I didn't have it until I stopped for a moment many, many years down the road and looked back and I realized that I was just trying to find that in me. And I thought that by saving you, I could save myself. Okay. So many years of that, that behavior only emptied me more, Mm. only got me more lost, only got me more alone. I felt like all I did, all I do is give and all people do are take. Mm. And that developed a very callous person, a very, uh, no human, no human humanity, um, and even in my relationship with my wife, I got to that point where I feel like. But understand, I'm also not telling her. Right. 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 Totally. <laughs> so what What can I expect from that? Right. But in everybody and everything that I did,
0: I just tried to be the warrior. Okay. So, I think it's like ten years past the accident. Yep. And you still have not told Casey right. the truth. So take me to there. I know you have some stuff go on that kind of forces your hand. Yep. So I think that up to this point, that behavior
1: magnified by years and years and years finally came to a breaking point. And I was in an airport coming back from some, I, I honestly think it was like a 43-hour straight run on a case I was working on right. with some uh, runaway trafficking kind of stuff. And, uh, and I was in the airport and my body... I didn't even know what it was at the time. And my body started freaking out my, my, I, it was a panic attack. It was what it was, but I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, I thought, what the heck is going on? I'm just sitting here in this chair and my, I'm, am I having a heart attack? Am I? Right. So I was able to get up, go to the bathroom and put myself in a stall and calm myself. Remember I, I said, I, I control the few feet around me. I get away right. from everybody and, and I calm myself down and I go home. I, once things go back to normal, I get on that plane. I even missed my flight and caught the next one, right? Wow. But uh, uh, I get home. I go to the doctor. But I said, man, I better check on this one, right? So I go to the doctor, and he tells me, oh, you know, it sounds like you had a panic attack. What happens is, and he explains it to me a little bit, your your body will dump a certain amount of, like, fight-or-flight hormone, so to speak, into your system, uh, or adrenaline will cause it. Th- things will cause this. A hormone will cause this. Right. And, uh And your body's reaction to it is that. Right. And so what happens is sometimes when your reality is telling you one thing, it will react right. to that thing. It may or may not be true. Sure. So that's what happened. So then I figured it. So he tells me also, hey, look, you know, the gig is up here. I'm honest with him. Right. Okay. I'm honest with him from day one. I'm honest with him for a couple of things because I know he can't tell. legally, Right. That's <laughs> right? why I'm honest with him. <laughs> yep. Okay. <So> that's really. <laughs> right. So I know he can't tell, so I'm honest with him about it. And then, so he says, hey, look, it's time, dude, it's time. He's told me to tell a million times. Sure. I'm like, nah, nah, leave me alone type thing, right? So um, now's the time, guy. Go home and tell your wife. So I go home and tell her. I tell okay. her, look, I have to tell you something. She's in bed at the time. I don't know what I was Great thinking. Great choice. I don't know what I was thinking, right? First of all, everything's more emotional at night. Yep. So why don't you wait till the daytime, right? <laughs>
0: You'd waited a decade, yes, you could have waited till morning, I got you <laughs>
1: right so i so I go home and I tell her and and boy, did that not go the total opposite of what I thought it was going to go I uh, actually in my head thought, okay, now she will understand, right, now she will appreciate that it wasn't just me not but there's a reason, yeah. But it was horrible, right? So right away, again, we'll get to her story later. But sure. right away, it put her in a place of, wait a minute, you've been lying to me for 10 years. Me for 10 years right. So you forget everything up to life in the, from day one, our relationship is a lie. Right. Right? The first thing you chose to do was lie to me. And you don't understand how that went poorly? No. <laughs> At the time, I did it. At the time, right. I, ju- I honestly did it. <laughs> because I thought I was doing it to protect her. No, I get it. I, even I the lie, I thought I was protecting from I just was I was just trying to save the world and Sir? everybody in it. Okay. Right? And it just took everything out of me, knowing what it taught me is you can't save anybody, buddy. Right. Why don't you just chill? <laughs> you right. Right? That's so, not your role. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, not so. your role. So so I tell her and my whole world goes upside down for
0: weeks to get I'm through sure. this together. Right. Um, but I know Casey, Casey is incredibly equipped for this. If anybody is, I mean, I, I mean, she's a trooper. And so obviously you're still together. So yep. how do you, how do you decide, okay, we're going to take, what do we do? So there's two things, right? From, from day ever, forever.
1: I've always said case is the best person that I know. She she has, whatever her action is, her heart is for God, mm-hmm. you know, and may, what, whatever, maybe it comes out wrong sometimes or whatever, but she always wants to be doing the right thing. Right. Even when people, you know, whatever, she's the best person I know. That's one thing. Two, she will tell you this. She believes that, it's probably the only way you can make sense of this, is she believes that God... Is the one that actually put us together. Okay. That God put her with me because I'm going to be going through this. And and literally, nobody else will put up with you, be strong enough. Right. right? And not that she's taking on the sense of I'm so strong. No. She's just thinking that God is using her. Right. I get that. So
0: that's how we get through it, basically. Right. So, a faith question. So, you. Come to after this accident and believe believe in God as a reality, as an unshakable truth. You lean into this life. Now, where's your faith in so this moment? So,
1: up to this point, I've not only do I believe in God, we obviously go and interact and in, put in leadership in the church. I've worked on church plans. Right. I've done youth ministry. I've led worship. I've done a lot of things along this this pathway of Christianity, so to speak, right? So I am still doing what I think is the right things, right? I'm still be. so what, how I viewed it is my discipline is stopping me from doing bad things. So by me having so much discipline in my life, it can prevent me, I'm actually doing good things because I'm choosing with my discipline not to fall to the bad things that
0: my head is telling me to do. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that doesn't sound incredibly dependent upon God. No, but I think it is. (laughs) Right. Because
1: I look at it like God gives me discipline. Okay. Right? So I'm still in this point, though. Right. We're we're not at the turn just yet. Well, take us to the turn. Tell us how we get there. All right. So now we we worked through that. But I'm still going on the same path I'm going on. I'm still giving all of myself to save people that first never asked me to just so you know to be fair, but right. to, to be fair but two i can't save even if i wanted to right yeah right. i could help you i can sure. maybe but uh, but uh but i really at the end of the day we're gonna leave and you're gonna do whatever you want to do right right and even though i have 10 minutes with you you have 24 hours and 50 minutes with yourself, right. so. Right. But anyway, so I still have this thing and I'm still, I still don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. Right. And now we're going to fast forward to, well, let me back up a little bit to, to Jacob case was pregnant. Right. Or this was, Shortly after the original accident, Case gets pregnant and I did and I decide, okay, look, I'll never my kid will never feel lost and alone. I know what that feels like. It's horrible. I've been trying to save the world from feeling like that ever ever since I felt it myself. Right. And so I am in this. I am dad guy. I'm doing this. Right. Okay. So now we're going to catch us back up to where we are today. Back to the story. All right. Uh, Jake is like um, roughly. I don't know. And I think he's in junior high, maybe, okay. maybe high school. I th- and I think he's junior high at that time. That, that whatever panic attack or whatever it was happened. Okay. So I go home and tell her we worked through some stuff. But uh, believe it or not, again, it's almost like a thought. It's almost like I was having a, con- I'll just put it like this way. I was having a conversation with God and, uh, and that's how I pray basically. I have you know, like a regular conversation yeah. type thing. I don't know how people pray, but that's how I do it. And um, and I basically tried to make a deal. I said, God, if, if my life is not very healthy, you know, these are things that I can't control in my brain. Like any given point, I could go. Mm-hmm. But, I w- but I felt this horrible uh, depression and anxiety around leaving my family, my son, before he was an adult and mm. g- capable to do it. So I made this deal with God. God. Dude, get me, get me to 18, dude. Just get me to 18, and I'm good. Okay. I'm good now, but I would really prefer this. I don't want to fir- abandon
0: my son. Right. Okay, so right. Get, get me to his 18th birthday. That
1: became a big fear okay. in my life, that I'm going to die and leave Case and Jake here without a protector. Mm. Okay. Most of my behavior was that. Sure. Meanwhile, maybe not physically, but... Emotionally, maybe I was more like the guy that Case might have needed some protection from, because <laughs> right? I wasn't giving her what she deserved and needed as my wife. Yeah. But anyway, so that was a big fear of mine. And then he turns eighteen, okay. right? And, and this is just a few years ago now, right? right? Uh, so he turns eighteen, and within weeks, dude, within weeks, my my brain has another episode. I don't know if it's God telling me, reminding me of that. You remember our deal? Yeah. I don't know if it's God saying, hey, remember what All you right. said? Or if it was a subconscious thing of me making the deal. Sure. And me thinking that. Look, I'm good. It's time. Either way, you're whatever. reminded. So whatever happened, for, for some reason, I, I whenever I went horizontal, it triggered serotonin to be dumped in my system. Toxic mm. levels of serotonin. Killing levels of serotonin. So if I lay down and go to sleep, I basically would just get deeper. deeper I go to sleep, the more it dumped, and I just wouldn't wake up. Okay nothing hurt, nothing for whatever weird reason. I lay flat. It triggers my blood pressure crashes. My pulse crashes. Everything goes like you're going to die mode. So in fact, I remember one time very distinctively waking up uh, and feeling the back half of my brain. And it felt like your foot feels when your foot's asleep is super weird. I'm assuming okay. that's what happens when your brain starts to die. Right. But anyway, so uh, I go back to the doctor and he's like, oh, we got to figure this out. So for two weeks I spent sleeping in a chair, waking myself every hour up uh, with an alarm, right? To, while we're doing all the tests and all this stuff. And no answers were found, right? The answer was found in other stuff. But uh, at that point, it was I talked, I came back to the table, right? (laughs) I came back to the... You're here to renegotiate (laughs) your deal with God. (laughs) I got you, okay. Okay, so here's where I'm at, God, you know? But what got me to that point is, so as I'm now moving past that first thing and and starting to build a relationship with Case and really opening myself up to humanity again, because it sounds weird, but up to that point, I did not open myself up to humanity at all. Uh, People were just... Things, vessels of, you know.
0: I bet. Come or go, yeah. doesn't
1: matter. You know. Anybody, take or leave. Doesn't matter. Live or die, doesn't matter. Okay. And now at that point, I just it was all about me being a warrior fighting
0: this this war of saving people. But that has brought you to this place where your physical body, including your brain and the chemicals that go with that. Yep. Uh are not playing along, right? And so they're arguing with you and you can't just discipline yourself right. out of that. You can learn how to deal with it. So you make a deal with God. That time goes by. Now you're back to the table and what's that next conversation so, with God? So when, first, when I when I come home and tell Case the first time
1: and I said it doesn't go as I planned, yeah, that's my first moment of realizing, did I just waste my whole life doing the wrong thing? Hmm. Am I not getting it? I, you know, or, you know, there's times when I'm probably sure that you're wrong and you think, dude, you don't get this. Right. Right. But really you're totally wrong. But I just banked my whole life on this, on this way of living. Mm. And it's, it's not right. Sure. You mean to tell me that I lost 20, I lost the first third of my life. The second third of my life is not right.
0: Yeah. That's got to be devastating
1: it was devastating to me so again though i'm a student of life i'm a student always i'm a student first i i can't be so you know in some ways you know i'm really cocky and but that (laughs) you know i mean but when you peel the layers layers back i'm a student of life i can't be so egotistical that i can't learn or you know it's yeah. Anyway, so Th- that turns out bad. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a student. of life, So I, I try to I try to inspect what's going on here and I take it back to the Bible and I take it back to my relationship with God. And I'm like, God, I don't get it. And, and, and it's in that moment where it hits me. With God and it's and he hits me in a way of not just a light switch moment, but starting to look at the way things are said around me, even in messages at church mm-hmm. and even when where maybe I'd look at it with one way then. I'm looking at it a different way now, okay. and just by default, like it's like I didn't choose to. I'm just now. Oh, I, I I'm assuming I'm submitting for the first time, and now that's why things are changing, right? Okay. But so, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe he did what he did. He said he's going to do what he's he's going to do what he said he's going to do. I believe he's resurrected and he's alive today. I believe those things. But how do they reflect with people? How does that? I get it. But what I thought that meant is cool. You need to strap on your boots and and get in the war. Right. And that's how I lived. But then I got to the point where there's no war to fight for me personally. The war, because what I thought was the war isn't a war.
0: It's the downfall of humanity. It's life. So let me jump in there. So I said we're going to do this in pieces, and this is that point. And so here's what I want you to hear. If you're listening along, we're going to wrap this story up in the next episode. But here's where we are. There's been a longtime belief in God. There's been a relationship with God. But there's also been a skewed view of life, some caused and, and some inherited, I'm sure. But it's left you in a place of emptiness and knowing and you come to this conclusion, okay, there's more. And so I want to ask you, will you pick up that story in the next episode and let's leave that here. Well, what I want to tell you, if you're listening, if you've come to this place in your faith and in your life where you're like, I think I believe the right things, but it's not all working out. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. We'll pick that up on the next episode. Hey, share this with your friends. Share this story. Subscribe, like our podcast, and join us for part three. Thank you for listening to this story about how Jesus made a difference. Generations Church is filled with ordinary people who met an extraordinary Savior. Subscribe so you don't miss a single story. Would you stop and share this with one friend today? The story of Jesus is most easily seen in the lives of people who know Him.